The Russian towers above the American. It's a true case of David and Goliath here. It's unbelievable the, the, the condition of both men, but the Russian I must break you. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 159. My name is Larry, and with me today is my co-host, Jessalyn. Hello. And if you haven't listened to us before, we just talk about a bunch of movies, and then we have our movie of the week, which we go extensively through. So, uh, all right, let's start getting through some of our movies here. How about it? All right, so the first we're going to get through is The Ninth Passenger, 2018, Uh on 2B. Uh huh. This is about a bunch of people on a yacht. Uh huh. And one of them is killing everyone. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like that, except it's ninth passenger doesn't necessarily mean that it's a human being. Um, this movie ends up being like a creature feature, yet they don't feature the creature all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars the one guy from. Uh, uh, Desperate Housewives, Jesse, what's his name, something or other? Metcalf. Jesse Metcalf, right. Um, so yeah, this one, uh, it started out okay, I want to say. I I kind of liked how all these different people ended up on this boat, and then they set sail, and shit starts to happen. Yeah, it started out almost interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. Uh... I don't know. Where do we watch this movie, anyway? We watched it on Tubi. Uh-huh. So we've been checking out Tubi. Um, I don't have anything to add. Okay. Do you? Other than it was okay. Um, I'm, I'm on, like, the edge of seeing, of giving it a thumbs down, ups, or a thumbs down. I mean, it all depends on... Uh, if you like this kind of movie where, where all these different people meet up somewhere and something interesting happens. So I guess it all just depends on your taste and what you like in, in film when it comes to this kind of movie. And they did a decent job with this one. So I will give it a... I'll give it a thumbs up. Maybe, yeah, check it out. But don't expect too much from it and don't expect too much gore. I would say the same. I, I All I needed to read was like blah 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 six strangers are together on a yacht and I was like yeah yeah I'm gonna watch this mm-hmm. um, but I, I didn't find anything that interesting mm-hmm. so next up yep. playback 2012 on Amazon so this was an older movie that we missed um, or maybe we didn't miss it. Christian Slater was in this one, and so I was like, Christian Slater, let's watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you said that when we were scrolling through the movies. Um, Christian Slater, of course, was the selling point of this because, I mean, um, Christian Slater doesn't... At this point in time right now, I think Christian Slater's doing a lot more work, but back around, like, 2012 and everything, he wasn't... 
getting the starring roles anymore. He was doing a lot more like B movie kind of shit. Um, this one was okay too. It wasn't great, if I remember correctly. Um, a good amount of people die in this movie. That's a, yes. that's a <laughs> so. Uh, what did you think? Um, I it was really forgettable for me. I thought it was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember a whole lot uh-huh. beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, about. I want to say there's this. There's this uh, local drug dealer who's helping these kids out um, with, like, their student film. And he, like, works at, like, um, like an archive place where they have all these... Oh, he works at, like, a TV station where all this shit's archived. And these kids are looking or doing, like, a documentary about, I want to say, a serial killer or something like that. And then the one kid somehow, or the drug dealer burnout dude somehow gets uh, not infected but he gets uh, introduced to a ghost and or something or a demon or something like that so he's able to like uh, mani- manipulate people and everything and Christian yeah. Slater's like a perv and everything so um, yeah I, I might as well check it out who gives a shit sure alright next next <clears throat> Camp Coldbrook Another one that I don't remember. Right. This one, I believe, stars Chad Michael Murray. Does. He's like... Um, and Danielle Harris. Danielle Harris. He is like a... Um, he, he does one of those paranormal shows, you know, those fake paranormal shows that are, were prevalent during the time when this movie was made, which, what is it, 2018? Yeah. Uh, they're a little more prevalent back in the day, but I think... Around that time, 2018, they're starting to really die down, and people are starting to make fun of them a lot more. Um, so yeah, I, uh, Chad Michael Murray's show isn't going to be on for like a third or fourth season, so he asks his producer, "Hey, I'm going to produce this one show. It's going to be crazy and everything. Check it out." Producer's like, "No, uh, I don't know about that." And he's like, "I promise you." And then, of course, they go and check this thing out, and it's actually haunted and everything. So he gets the footage he needs, but things don't end up. The way they should, I guess. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything to say about that one since you don't remember too much? Uh, no. I remember Danielle Harris dies and I lost interest really quickly. Like, those last three, I don't have a whole lot to say. Okay. All right. Next. All right. It Cuts Deep. It cuts Deep. That's 2020 on Hulu. Uh-huh. Which one? What's one? Uh, oh, right, 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 So this right, is about right. a couple, yeah. This is about a couple, and the the male portion, male part of that couple is taking them back to his hometown to meet his family and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. It's a, oh, it's a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. So, I, I actually don't want to spoil any more than that. I didn't think it was great, but... Okay. Alright, so basically it's it's about this one guy who's afraid of commitment with his girlfriend. And this is, I mean, very, very obvious throughout this movie is that he is just doesn't commit to her. And he's against committing and marrying his girlfriend, which he brings home to his old house. And this guy is so fucking annoying. Like, you just dislike this guy very, very much. And you're, you question 
why is she with this guy? What's yeah. so special about him? From the start. From yeah. the very start. And we get no answers to that, because, I mean, this guy is, he is just, he sucks. He, he, he's a sucky character, which yeah. is, I mean, is perfect for the movie. So, um, what ends up happening with him, too, is that he um, sees a friend that he knew from back in the day, and, or pseudo-friend kind of thing, and um, they start having a little beef with each other because his one friend knows that he's the one who ended up murdering his own sister kind of thing. So it's a play, kind of a play back and forth with them, and plus you have the girlfriend also who just was trying really hard to have a connection with this guy, and he's just not having it at all. He's just making horrible jokes and stuff, so he just absolutely sucks in this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not gonna recommend. Well, I will recommend it, but I won't. I'm gonna warn you. This guy sucks. All right, you're not. You're not gonna want to. There's no question. Yeah. yeah. And even the guy that you're uh, like his friend, you're maybe not supposed to like. You like him way more mm-hmm. than you're yeah. like any other character in the movie. And I he's think. like the he's the one who comes off as crazy. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I kind of recommend this movie too. Um, very dialogue heavy. So, um, yeah, be ready for that if you want to check that one out. Agree. Next up, Bleed With Me. Bleed With Me. Shudder. Uh-huh. Oh, this one, um, is about this one girl, um, woman, I'm sorry, and her co-worker go to meet her boyfriend in, like, this cabin in the middle of nowhere. And this woman thinks that this other woman is trying to steal her blood. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, um, and it's a very claustrophobic movie. You just have three people in this cabin, and there's n- really no leaving at all, really. And um, the one woman feels like the one's taking blood, and just weird things are happening. So, And you find out early on that uh, the boyfriend of the, not the protagonist, I guess maybe the antagonist, is also at this resort or uh, this lake house, wherever Mm -hmm. they are. And he has some reservations that are really unclear. But that all leads you to think there's something wrong with this outsider who has come to stay with them. Mm -hmm. And the boyfriend is kind of like, why did you bring her kind of thing? Like, this is just supposed to be us. And so there's that whole whole happenstance that happens. And <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, it, it's you, you're not sure about many things going through this movie at the time. So um, I guess I, I would very lightly recommend this movie. Not a lot happens, but if you're into some more claustrophobic, atmosphere kind of film, then, yeah, check this one out. Yeah, I would, I'm surprised. I would absolutely check this one out. I thought it was very good. Um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it, I guess, a lot more than you did. Mm-hmm. I think so. All right, next. Like Me, 2018 on Shutter. Uh-huh. Now, what's this one about? I forgot again. Now, this one is... Uh, so, we watched the movie Spree... That stars the kid from Stranger Things. Joe Keery, I think his name is. 
And that one's very entertaining. And so that made me interested in this movie, Like Me, which is about kind of the same thing, where she has, she's doing everything on social media, and she has this escalating uh, uh, criminal... I guess everything she's doing is illegal up to this point. Mm -hmm. She's kind of just seeing where it can stop, what will make her more popular on social media. Mm -hmm. That's really important to the plot. But what makes more sense into what's happening is is the underlying thing is like no one, everyone is kind of avoiding her. No one wants to be her friend. So she has to end up kidnapping someone. And making videos with him and torturing him to get views. But this isn't like just some schmo off the street. This guy has been through some crap in his life. He's not the best looking guy in the world. So he ends up during all this kind of goes along with it. Because what else does he have to kind of lose? And so uh, at one point in time to get more views. Like people are asking like why don't you just shoot him? Go ahead, shoot him, kill him, or whatever. So yeah. he ends up shooting him. So, non-lethally, but yeah, to get more views. And he's like, okay with it. But until she, he gets shot. Yes. But she finds, like, she's looking for a connection this whole time, which is interesting. And, and another weird part of it, like, that you haven't talked about, is, like, part of what made me nauseous watching yeah. the whole thing. And that she, she also... Either she has this fetish, or it's a fetish that she's showing to the world to make her money, and that's eating like, and yeah. throwing up. It's like up up close eating of her mouth, eating all these yeah. different kinds of foods, and just masticating all these things. And then at one point in time when she, she well, the guy she kidnaps is Larry Fessenden. Yeah. And she force feeds him and then makes him puke. Well, I mean, he's all tied up and everything, and then this video gets tons of likes and her views and everything and then what really ends up setting her off is that I I believe it's a fellow YouTuber who is pretty much egging her on to do all this stuff calling her trash and like she's not gonna I mean she's a horrible person he says some awful things awful stuff about her so we really don't know too much about that guy because we kind of think because we'll see segments of him about talking about her and doing this stuff but we don't necessarily know if he's like a big YouTuber or if he was just another guy but she ends up listening to this guy and it kind of sets her off so uh, and then yeah and it comes to the end of the movie which I won't spoil but sure. um, yeah um, this is a weird one this would be like a weird checkout movie for her, for the show. This is the first one that I would actually recommend from our list. Okay. And I'm never going to watch it again because yuck. Yeah, it's kind of gross. Uh, but I think it's really, really good. Um, and uh, just going along with what you said, she's she is taking everything in from a, a, a critic, just a, like a podcast critic or a YouTube critic. Mm-hmm. She's taking all of that into stride, and she's trying to rise above what he is saying about her. And at the end of the day, she doesn't feel like she can do that, and she finds her vengeance in Mm. a different way. Right. All right, so that's two recommends on that one. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, Let's do this. Uh, This is Jessalyn's Corner. Mm -hmm. I watched Imaginary Friend. 
from 2012 on Amazon because it had both Ethan Embry and Lacey Chabert. And I was like, well, why would I not want to be part of this movie? So I'm looking it up. You're fill, oh, fill the silence. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you had those. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, uh, I know nothing about this movie other than I said that uh, it seems like there's going to be a lot of gaslighting in this film. Yeah, so that's where uh, I wanted to start. Yeah. Because I started watching it, and you were kind of leaning into me, and it was very sweet. It was a really sweet moment that we were having as mm-hmm. husband and wife. And then you said... Oh, I see a lot of gaslighting in in her future. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the fact that you were 100% right <laughs> that made like five minutes into the movie where I was like, get the fuck out of here yep. now. Like, I don't... So 100% right, you yep. were. But, but then you got to see the twist at the end, I think, a little mm, of it. Maybe a minute or two. Oh, okay. So it is a whole movie about gaslighting a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, like, the tables are turned at some point. And that woman turns the tables. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you recommend it at all? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah! Watch Lacey Chabert and Ethan Embry in a movie from 2012. Do it! They were both struggling. Watch it. All right, how many more do we have left? We have. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. <clears throat> two before the movie of the week so let's do Malignant ah uh, yes the new James Wan movie that came out uh-huh. It this movie is really splitting people either they fucking hate it or they like it a lot and they think James Wan is the came back with a, another horror masterpiece I'm a guy who's right in the middle I see yeah. a lot of flaws with the movie but I can appreciate where the second half goes. Um, I'm, we won't spoil anything because it's a fairly new movie that just came out on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um, and halfway through this movie, I'm thinking, all right, this is kind of mediocre. This is going down like the same paths all of his previous horror movies have gone with the same kind of tropes. But in the second half, it kind of deviates from that and becomes a couple of different other movies once that happens and I think a lot of people had a hard time kind of getting on that train I was all about it I was happy when shit went downhill real quick so um but yeah it's a ridiculous movie and a lot of ridiculous shit happens in this movie and it's basically about uh, a woman who's abused by her husband uh, is beaten by him. She, um, oh, and then he's, then after she gets beaten and knocked out, he's murdered. And then for the next half of the movie, um, other people are getting murdered too. We're trying to figure out what's happening or how is this happening. And then there's mysteries with this woman that we're following. Yeah, other people are getting murdered too, and she is seeing all of these murders. Like, Dreams, right? So, of course, you're you're you, you've seen his other movies before, and you're like, okay, what is this? A demon? Is this a ghost? Where is this heading? And then it it or was this like a Siamese twin or something that was cut out or, or whatever? And you don't know, right? And then they show you halfway through the movie, and when they show you it too, it's it's a, a good way that they they reveal it also. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie halfway through it, and it kind of makes up for the first half. Other than that, I think the acting isn't all that good, and um, I think that's a real down point of the movie is the acting. It's not great. <laughs> okay. Um, I think this movie is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I sort of made a few guesses in the first 45 minutes of the movie, and uh, there was no, ra- no way I could possibly be right. Mm-hmm. Um, because the twist, uh, but I was relatively right, um, when it happened mm-hmm. and I thought the entirety of the last half of the movie was really silly. I laughed a lot, mm-hmm. but I didn't hate it. Right. I'm going to watch it over and over and <laughs> over, uh, as like my feel good movie because like this is one of the movies that's. So dumb. I'm going to have a great time. Um, I said it's Larry Cohen would have loved mm-hmm. this idea. Yes. And he would have done the best he could and he would have used all the resources he had to make this movie happen. Right. So if that means anything to people who love Larry Cohen, then that will mean something to you. You're right. I think Agreed. it's really funny. Um, other than that, I mean, if we're... If James Wan actually wanted us to take it seriously, then it's an F. If James Wan actually wanted us to have a really good time and laugh a lot, then it's an A. Mm -hmm. But I definitely made the joke at the end. I said, I like Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man much more than James Wan's Mm -hmm. The Invisible Man. I gotcha. All right. Yeah, we still had a good time, though. So I had a great time. I'm gonna watch it a ton of times. All right. Now, Candyman. Yes, Candyman. The reboot, remake, continuation. Mm-hmm. We saw this in the theaters because that's the only way you can. Yeah. So, do you want to give us the background? Sure, I will. Um, so this is. Like Jessalyn said, this is more... I would say this is more of a sequel to the first movie because... It is. It takes all of the stuff... Well, the continuity in this movie is really great because they have some of the same actors from the original. uh, They reprise their roles. And it takes place in Chicago again and it kind of really builds on the Candyman legacy more than... um, individuals themselves who it's yeah who it's affected this mm-hmm. is about the yeah lineage legacy i agree right of candy man and uh it's about an artist who kind of delves deeper into um like cabrini green area in chicago that um, where candy man is based of course candy man isn't real uh, but they just based it in this old housing project in chicago that's been knocked down since the original movie happened and they built up condos condos. really nice condos where he lives now right on top of cabrini green right and this um so he of course says Candyman in the mirror five times and he starts to kind of decompose while he's trying to figure out like all these different well he's painting all these pictures and doing all these this art stuff but he's also interviewing people and talking to them and while this is happening his body is just degrading, and he's just mentally not there as much anymore. 
Um, and it says a lot more about society and everything and um, about like police brutality even. Yeah. Uh, a lot. Candyman itself was about sort of about police brutality mm-hmm. and the the difference in the way they would treat for instance, in Candyman, the original, Virginia Madsen gets the shit kicked out of her mm-hmm. and ends up in the hospital. And the police are actually trying to find the people who did this to her so right. they can be brought to justice. And she makes a comment about the fact that a young boy died in the same place. No one's looking for him. No right. one's trying to bring that to justice. Yeah. But the fact that she's a white woman and she even says that. Right is why they are looking for justice for her. Mm-hmm. So so this whole idea of gentrification... Um, I, I'm sorry, I got a little bit lost. I like both. <laughs> both. I like the original, and I like the remake, and they're both about... They both have different themes, but uh, in the same... On the same team, I think, right. let's say. I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, I recommend it. It was pretty good. Yeah, I I agree. My, it was really good. I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil too much. Right. I do want to spoil a little bit about the bees, and so it turns out that whatever happens, he's a legacy of Candyman. But also, like he's covered in. It's not that just that he's covered in bees. It's that his whole body is becoming a beehive. Yeah, it's kind of like a honeycomb. Which is yeah. super creepy. Mm-hmm. And you can see it early on. That's the really made me like squinch. Like, ugh, ugh. See, His face is the kind of that goes first. You start seeing all the pock marks on his face. Because yeah. they will do some close-ups on him. And you're not... I mean, I wasn't necessarily, necessarily sure that wasn't his skin. But as the movie progresses, his body, yeah, begins to become a honeycomb. So... So yeah, uh, recommended. Check it out. Great. All right, we'll be right back with our movie of the week. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the the week is the 2012, I want to say Danish film, Borgman. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's directed by Alex Van Vammerdam, who actually has a role in this movie, too. Um, this is a film about um, about a... I want to say it's about a, a group of gypsies, because that's what it really is. Yeah, I feel like we should find a better term for gypsies. All right, you figure that out. I'm going to keep will, using gypsies. I keep saying gypsies throughout mm-hmm. the entirety of this yes. podcast. So these yeah. gypsies um, who have been run out of a previous place where they... Um, well, okay, we'll just start from the beginning of the movie. This is how we'll do it. All right. So in the beginning, what we see is this man, uh, Borg man, as we say, 
Uh, he's living in this forest, or as we presume is a forest, uh, underground. Like, he built his own little kind of house in the dirt underneath, and he made, like, a, a canopy over it, so it looks like ground. And um, we see that he's living there, and we also see that there's, like, three or four guys leaving a house nearby, um, which is important, because it's an important mm -hmm. scene in the movie, it's right in the beginning. These three guys are armed with, like, a shotgun and a dog. One of them, two of them just seem like normal guys, and the third looks like a holy man, a priest. And it... We're assuming now that these guys are coming after the Borg Man. It was just like this homeless, bearded man who he—he's your. Um, I mean, if you were to have a poster for a homeless person, he would look like the guy who would be on the poster. Yes. Um, so these three gentlemen go out looking for him. Uh, Borg Man escapes him. He planned everything out. Uh, he leaves, and he ends up uh, collecting two other people who are also on this land and who also have like their own little coffin <laughs> to hide from whomever uh, owns this land. So they make their way out and they run away. And, and when you say collected, that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these guys, all three of these guys are together. They're like kind of like a team. So we really don't know what the hell happened for these people to come hunting after them. But we do know that people are just following them. Right. So Borgman ends up escaping, and we see that it's, it wasn't necessarily a forest. It was probably someone's property that he was on. And uh, he ends up at a gas station right when he comes to, through the clearing, so that we know this is kind of modern day. Um, so when he's from the gas station, he ends up just walking around, and we don't know exactly what his intentions are, but then he comes upon a house. Uh, a very nice house, and a uh, man opens the door, and he pretty much asks the man, can I come in um, and clean up and everything? And the guy's like, no, you can't. I don't know who you are, kind of thing. And um, the man's wife ends up coming to the door also, and Borgman goes to the wife. He's like, oh, I know who you are. You were, uh, you were my nurse for this one thing, and he keeps calling her by another name. He's like, no, that's not me. And then the husband gets mad and then beats the shit out of the Borg man. Mm -hmm. uh, and the wife gets upset by this because he really beats the shit out of him. And the guy's like, whatever, you know, it's just some bum. Get the fuck out of here kind of thing. And then he's gone. Uh, the man goes to work and the wife starts feeling bad for the guy. And she looks for him and ends up finding him in, the, in their like garage where he's hanging out. Uh, kind of licking his wounds. So from there, she's like, okay, you can come in. Um, I'm really sorry for what my husband did to you. Um, here, you can clean up and everything. Just don't tell my husband and don't fuck with the kids at all. Okay. And she tells the house staff the same. Like, mm -hmm. Don't say he was here. Don't make any mention of it. Right. And at first, you just think she's, yeah, taking pity on this man. Right. Uh, and then... From there, she kind of she ends up offering for him to go stay out in this back little shed that they have, or like this little ga a guest shed, little off house on their property, mm -hmm. and he ends up staying there. And she, of course, isn't having the greatest relationship with her husband at this point in time. Um, and then she starts to fall for the Borg man. But the weird part about it for me is that there was this weird, like, familiarity with her and the Borg Man. Like, 
the whole time during at this point, I thought, oh, she knows him from somewhere mm -hmm. because how else could they be that familiar? Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. No, I didn't feel that way. I just felt that she was unhappy in her life and she's trying to find a way out and she's probably finding the worst possible way out that she possibly can. Yeah. I just, I guess I thought that not just was she doing that, but it, it felt so familiar that mm -hmm. I was like, oh, we're going to get some sort of twist where it, it's, it feels that familiar to her. And we mm -hmm. sort of do, mm -hmm. and yet we don't. Yeah, because this movie, from wh when you're watching it and you see what happens in the beginning and you see what starts going on with this family, you know that the end isn't going to end well for, for her. Right. Well, for anyone, really. And that you know that these guys are con artists. These are gypsies. Because what ends up happening is that, you know, she starts to kind of have feelings for them. And they have a really big place. And they have a really big, big, lots of land. And they have a gardener who takes care of all of this. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want him to leave. So he's pretty much like, you know, why don't I just be your gardener? And then let me shave and clean up and everything so your husband won't notice it's me at all. And then I can just be here all the time. And so she's like, okay. And so what he, Borgman ends up doing is that he forms a plan to murder the gardener mm -hmm. and murder his wife. And that kind of, that's a point in time where you know these guys aren't good people. Because we could have thought before when they were on the other property that maybe they were just jackasses and they wanted them off the property but since we saw a priest and someone with a gun we know something is really fucked up about this guy and so now we understand why they were getting him off the property because he uh, ends up employing the two guys who were hiding with him on the land plus two other females who are also gypsies too and a part of their, their group or clan and they all get together and murder the gardener and his wife so he can get the job and we should mention that even at the very beginning of the episode or episode movie we'll see and we'll see it later is that he is cutting a slit in the back of a woman's back yes and then sewing it up right that's in the very beginning and mm -hmm. then it happens later yeah it happens later on throughout the movie a few times yes um so from there the uh, Borgman, of course, shaves and everything, and then he becomes the gardener. And this woman is just so obsessed with this guy. She doesn't see everything that's going around with him. She, uh, he then, of course, like I said, becomes a gardener. He employs his two friends, uh, Ludwig, who is the director of the movie, mm -hmm. and Pascal, who is his, uh, another friend of his, another gypsy. And they start to become the gardeners, too. But the funny thing is, is that they're not wearing, like, clothes that you garden in. They're wearing no. suits and ties. Mm -hmm. And this woman is just so like focused on one thing. She's not really noticing all this shit that's going around her. So um, what man, uh, man Borg, uh, Borgman starts to do also is that he he starts sneaking into the house because he's very quiet. He can sneak in and out of places. He's really good at it. Um, he starts to, when her and her husband are sleeping, he gets into bed with them and he crouches over her naked and he has like this, some, he has like a power of implanting like dreams. ideas and dreams yeah. into her to where she starts to get very upset at her husband and he's not doing anything wrong. 
So she's like, what the fuck, fuck you kind of thing. She's like, geez, so what Boardman really is doing, he's not doing, he's not making a garden. He's just breaking this couple apart. And throughout the movie, when he's doing all this yard work and everything, you see, like, he's not really doing anything mm-hmm. other than digging a big hole. And no one notices the shit going yeah. on because they're all, because they, they, they have, their uh, Borgman and his other cronies start to put a trance on all of them, too, because they're, they're not, they're not responding to things. And um, it's just, it's just really weird how it plays out because they just start following, like, the, the, the man and woman have, like, three kids and they're enamored with them. And at this point, um, you you can sort of see where the husband is losing his mind about it because he can sort of see it all, except the hole. He can't see that. Mm-hmm. But but the wife does, and she just doesn't question it right. at all because she's so obsessed with him mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter to her. And so mm. you don't really know the motivation there. Mm. Um, and so from there, um, you know, things just start to kind of break down for her. She's really, really wants to get close to Borgman, but he's, you know, once he's shaved and everything, he starts looking like a better gentleman. And then, uh, he's totally like skirting her advances saying, you know, when the time comes, we'll get together and everything. Once everything's finished, once I finish the garden and everything, I have to do this. So she keeps putting it off. He keeps putting it off and she's wanting him even more and more kind of thing. And, and as a viewer, you're just like, man, they are really just running one on you guys, and you don't notice shit. Yeah, you don't notice anything. How? Yeah. Um, until um, the man and wife, um, the man gets uh, uh, fired from his job, and he leaves, or he's kicked out of the house. Uh, so she's there kind of alone with him, with the kids, and their housekeeper. Plus her housekeeper also... Uh, is seduced by Pascal, one of the one of the guys helping Borgman out, mm-hmm. and she totally turns on her marine boyfriends, who she invited to the house to you know meet with the parents. I mean, or meet with her employers to like, because she wanted him to stay the night one night, and um, the mom was like, "No, I want to meet him first before you know, see what kind of person he is, kind of thing." And then he comes over and she's just totally dismissive of him, doesn't pay any attention to him because she's mostly just paying attention to Borgman because she wants to fuck yeah. Borgman. And this guy is actually very sweet and mm-hmm. observant, mm-hmm. which is important. Yeah. Right? And so then Pascal, which we're led to believe, ends up fucking the babysitter and then she comes back to the house and it's just like, get out of here, Barry. Um, get, shoot. Um, <laughs> kill Gary. Um, and then from there, what happens closer to the end of the movie is that Borgman and his workers say that the garden's done now. And they put on a show and invites the husband and the wife and all the kids to come sit out and watch this little performance of a stage they built over this big hole they dug. Mm-hmm. And that's all they've done. And then they said that they're finished. And, like, no one, once again, no one is putting two and two together. Like... Mm-hmm. At all, yeah. Um, So throughout this movie, too, we see that these gypsies poison some of their victims. Like the the gardener, they ended up poisoning the gardener. Borgman comes upon him and is like, are you alright? Can I take you to the hospital? Like, yeah, sure. He's all fucked up, so... He takes him back to his house and with his wife there, and then that's where they end up murdering him and everything. And then they start poisoning the children that are there so they can 
make incisions on their back and close them up. Right. And of course, this was never ever revealed why in the movie. I don't know why. Well, it sort of is, because the first woman you see that that happened to as a child, she is definitely with them. Mm -hmm. So whatever they do, whatever they say, she is 100% in their corner. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think. You think it's like a mind control thing? Yeah, well, and I, I think that they, it's mind control, and then they pick and choose who will follow them. Mm -hmm. Right, yes. Uh, so well, yeah, when the when the show's over and they go back inside, they end up. The wife, I believe, ends up poisoning the husband. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he dies, and then that's when she's like, "I'm free" and everything. And that's when all of the gypsies start coming in the house. Uh, the two other gypsies, female gypsies, um, who played different roles throughout this movie as like a caregiver, uh, a doctor, and such and such. Uh, when the kids got sick. The, she played the doctor and said the kids are, um, maybe they're, they're doing too much of this or that, or never yeah, mentions poison. Yeah, they're tired. Yeah. They're maybe there's family issues, mm-hmm. there's home issues kind of thing, which she tries to, to say to them. But then the wife ends up seeing that that was not real and that she's actually a gypsy also. But she still has it in her head that she wants to be with this Borgman. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, Borgman... Pours two glasses of wine, gives her a glass of wine, and she drinks it, knowing that he's fucking drugged people before yep. and killed them before. Mm-hmm. Yet she still drinks it, holding on to that chance that she's gonna be able with them, to be able to be with him. Yet, alas, she does get to kiss him right before she dies. Yep. And that big hole they were building in the middle of their lawn ends up just being a burial plot for the husband and the wife, to which they bury them in there and end up taking the three kids and the babysitter and going off to who knows where. Yeah, so the end of the movie is them just, like, walking through the woods Mm -hmm. with their children. Yep. That's it. That's the movie. That's Borkman. Interesting film. I didn't didn't know what the fuck this movie was about, and then I saw a preview for about 15 seconds, and I was like, okay, I'm in. I'll go from here. And then, yeah. I, uh, this is a good movie. Probably won't watch it ever again. No. But it's something uh, I say you should check out. It's on Shutter right now. Agreed. It's very entertaining. I think it's about cults. Mm-hmm. Uh, because cults do everything, everything they can to, like, cut off members from their family. Right. Uh, and the metaphor of killing their parents mm-hmm. is definitely something that a cult kind of does. Because right. what they do is cut you off from your family completely mm-hmm. with lies. And right. so and so I, I also want to add that, yeah, okay, they're gypsies in the traditional term, mm-hmm. but it's about cults. We're not talking about, like, Romanian <laughs> vagrants. <laughs> Nomads, let's say. Yeah. We're going to fix that gypsy term. Yeah, but what, at this point in time, this? we don't have a better word for it. I'll just call them scumbags. How about that? Uh, let's call them. All right, let's just call them cult leaders. Let's call them cult leaders. Sure. So. Scumbag cult leaders. That's well called. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us this week with the board of man, and we will see you in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. This magic moment. 
so different and so new was like any other until I met you and then it happened it took me by surprise I knew that you felt it too I could see it by the look in your eyes sweeter than wine softer than a summer's night everything I wanna have whenever I hold you tight this magic moment While your lips are close to mine, will last forever. 